Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can learn everything you need to know about sustainable and ESG investing from leaders in the field. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. Worldwide spending on information security and risk management technology and services is forecast to grow 12.4% in 2021, reaching $150 billion, according to the latest forecast from Gartner. These expenses are risk management services, cost people around the world and companies around the world 6.4% growth in 2020. Now, in today's program, we're going to learn more about risk management technologies and why the cost of them is increasing from year to year in our conversation with Penelope Bisset, Chief Cybersecurity Expert at ImpactVest, a next-generation sustainability and impact fintech firm. ImpactVest uses the most innovative decentralized finance concepts and blockchain technologies to drive sustainable and resilient growth in developing economies around the world. For full disclosure to our podcast audience, I'm a member of the ImpactVest Board of Advisors. Hello, Penelope, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Hello, Paul. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Yes, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I want to go back to that Gartner report that I referenced. It was published last May. Uh, it also said that um, strong 2021 growth in cybersecurity spending reflects continuing demand for remote worker technologies and cloud security. Um, has this been the case for a firm the size of ImpactVest, as an example, as well as for large corporations during the COVID-19 pandemic? It surely is. Um, we started to put cybersecurity on the table as a, at the early stage. Uh, it became quickly a team effort across all disciplines. And the proximity of the team uh, also created an awareness that is that is part now of the mindset of our DNA. And this is a great advantage uh, to start at the early stage because we can speak proactively and it is embedded in every action uh, and it's better to insert the cybersecurity element in the equation at the early stage than to work on, uh, on it when things are already uh, deployed and, and, and running. So since cybersecurity is always this trade between comfort and security, uh, the good security needs to be proactive, uh, to, be, to be easy to use with the right amount of coverage so our people uh, can easily adhere to it. And as we roll out technologies to secure the, the work from home profile that we had, um, we, ha we, need, we had to have a hard look on our structure and data flow and every type of, of flaw at, already at the early stage. So we can already build upon on the structure. We challenge and we keep challenging every aspect of it as well as our users way of working and tools, adjusting and testing security at every step. Also with a transparent approach and a proximity approach, uh, speaking openly about aspects and potential threats, always promoting awareness, having a clear view on vulnerabilities and where to act in terms of, of mitigation. Um, one particular industry feedback concerning the home office way of working uh, that is now uh, uh, 
happening, especially also because of COVID, is uh, fishing that became uh, even more uh, uh, active, particularly COVID team fishing. Um, cyber attacks are getting very, very creative and they have been crafting phishing attacks with emails that looks very authentic to the untrained eyes. And they're capitalizing on the fear of the virus and people need for, for information. So a general rule is that if it feels wrong, it's probably, it probably is. So one tip can be to, to scan the, the link, the URL, or a suspect file without opening it, of course. There is this tool, uh, VirusTotal, that can be found on virustotal.com that can be used to scan and identify malware that is already known and having reported. So we have like this collection of vendors that are there and they can give uh, they uh, uh, lists of, of, of scanning materials so we can scan and, and detect it. Cloud-based virtualization is also uh, a good uh, solution that can ease the process of working fully remotely. The implementation is quicker than on-premises solutions. Uh, it's also easier to calculate your, your carbon footprint with, with a cloud, as now they already come uh, very often with the calculator. And uh, the backup can easily be prepared. So if a virtual machine is infected somehow, uh, it can happen. Someone clicked the wrong link. That's why it's so important to always be speaking about and always reporting. The infected machine can be scrapped. A new one can be created for the user in a matter of minutes. Okay. Uh, of course, it's not always that simple, but uh, yeah, it's it's always a good practice to uh, to speak about to speak about. And more, yeah. Well, as you've already mentioned, the people part of ImpactVest, the team that manages and runs the company's business is very diverse geographically, working daily across country borders and government regulatory regimes. I've had some conversations with Asia Williams, the founder, talking about why you have to be so careful because you're doing cross-border conversations on a daily basis with your entire team around the world. What kinds of cybersecurity issues does this create for continuity of technology and cybersecurity platforms that you're using? Um, compliance uh, and security is a perfect alliance. Uh, also, in terms of working with, with finance and ESG, so this is a constant in every exchange. And this diversity of compliance rules and, and policy that works as enables and, and provide guidance to better create the structure, to better maintain the structure, and uh, to prevent also uh, and actually enable cybersecurity tasks. Um, and cybersecurity really a core concern at Impact Vest, and having compliance and cybersecurity on top of the agenda helped create it, uh, a common mindset that is very compliance driven. As the organization gets bigger, technology governance is getting more complex. Having this task at an early age has clear advantage. However, security is not always equal to compliance and compliance not always secure. So network device users, the, the human uh, element is very important here, is the way to, to manage the risk. Um, that is the ISO 27K family uh, of standards that aligns the minimal requirements for secure information as part of the International Organization for Standardization Body of Standards. It determines the way that the industry develops information security management system. 
And very often the regulations all over the world, they overlap or they are based on the 27K family. So it is a good starting point. Uh, and of course, the granularity and specificity of regulation for every country, every continent, uh, a craft based on well-known best practices. So it is a must to, to implement them. And they do make the daily task for cybersecurity much easier. All right. So now you mentioned ESG issues, Penelope. How much of a role do they play or what kind of cybersecurity planning for companies in developing markets is required when you're focusing on environmental, social, and governance issues as we do in sustainable finance? I believe that cybersecurity can be a very good indicator for the social aspect. Um, cybersecurity has a primary function of, of protecting data, protection of the system, network, um, but also people and people data, not just the customer, but the employees. Um, when a, a company has a good cybersecurity hygiene and good things in place, it's already a really good indicator of, of the mindset of, of this, uh, this company. So in scenarios where organizations are becoming increasingly dependent on computing environments, distributed among their own data centers across the globe and with a supply chain behind. So it's very important to map well this, this data flow, know the criticality uh, of, of the data, know a price tag uh, on this data, because this is how uh, the, the dark web will do if, if we don't. So, so one of the most serious risks of that of business continuity represented, for example, by security incidents such as ransomware is the affect the availability of the operation or personal data breaches that put data subject at risk may involve social issues and involve the organization's liability and may even be subject to fines and sanctions as a result of GDPR, for example. In Brazil, uh, it's the LGPD. Um, and so the position of a company when it comes to cybersecurity is a great indicator of the company mindset and, and risk appetite. Assessing the cybersecurity risk of an organization, how it is organized, and every system will be unique. So every the, the way that the company is actually building the structure and monitoring, we reveal interesting data on the ESG profile of a company, how where and train our employees on protecting their own domain, how where is the company on protecting employees' data and customer data from attacks. And these issues, because of the potential problem it can have, make uh, the topic of data protection um, that has also been seen in a way a key ESG concern under the S as a social concern inside and outside of the company. But uh, mainly because of the consequences to individuals uh, when the attack can cause from identity theft and the fraud all entails to, to embarrassment through the misuse of sensitive data that can be sold. So the, the, um, um, the consequences are really, really heavy to have uh, your passport clone, for example. It can be that you, it, it happened with someone that I know that they landed on a, on a country and the passport was cloned and another person was flying in another place around the world. And the real, uh, the real individual that has the, that have this identity was welcomed by the police of the country oh and gosh. had to prove, yeah, and had to prove his own uh, identity, which is uh, kind of tricky. 
hopefully mm. the family was waiting for this person so he could easily uh, actually be identified um, proof huh? <laughs> yeah be identified um, so now you have worked you've worked at large and small firms over the course of your cybersecurity career could you give us examples of how cybersecurity issues that are are similar uh, or different depending on the size of the company. Uh, so a company, for example, the size of ImpactVest, and then another example uh, that would come up within a, the context of a larger corporation uh, that maybe has multiple offices and thousands of employees around the world. Sure. Um, the human factor makes a difference. We are only as strong as our weakest link um, people are usually proud of the industry and the company and enjoy sharing on social media details and data that could be used by attackers as pushes intel to craft attacks and, and plans against uh, companies. Um, so sometimes you see people are walking outside of the company with the badges. It's important to have a policy where you walk outside of your company, you keep your badge somewhere that it cannot be seen. In ways, I mean, um, a badge can be easily cloned. So for hacker, it's all about access. It can be physical, it can be analog, it can be digital. Um, and this is when we, we can speak a bit about social engineering. Um, a simple picture in the office that someone posted on the social media can reveal a lot of things, like type of work environments, operating system, if there is a picture of a computer open, personal interests that can be used to create rapport, uh, and much more. And uh, this, yeah, uh, even before digitalization, this was a thing. Social engineering techniques was and still widely used to trick employees to skip procedures and provide sensitive, da sensitive data or other valuables. There is this classic one, the, the bogus boss uh, that impacted France and, and still is, which is the impersonation of the company CEO via email that email that, that have been spoofed or a call with a voice that is impersonating the CBO, giving instruction to an accountant to make a money transfer mm -hmm. with the fraudster pressure into acting quickly without thinking, which is a standard feature of, of, of this type of fraud. And French business have lost like an estimated of 465 million euros since 2010 with 15,000 firms falling victims uh, to wow. this scam. Yeah, so uh, we can ask why why so many? Simply because some company don't report the frauds, they don't really know what to do. And the same is true also for some breaches. And nowadays the impersonation is made even easier with the use of deepfake for sound and video. A, rec a record of a person's voice or even a photo can be used to make a lookalike that also sounds like an impersonation. And it's also all about the value of the data, independent of how big or small the company is. It's the value of the data that matters. So the awareness of from the company about the, the data value, um, even though the big difference, however, between big companies and small ones would be the price of, of the business continuity if a business is really uh, interrupted mm. and how powerful the structure to respond to attack is. Now, it's especially Penelope in the, the developing markets where there is typically, as I understand it, less overall infrastructure related to cybersecurity and other safety issues. Um, can cybersecurity help to accelerate or 
uh, does it sometimes limit the growth potential of developing market economies? There is also this need to remain low cost to attract investments um, and the rapid adoption of technology without a center, a certain cyber maturity that is proportional uh, to to make ESG implementation can be uh, a challenge, even though there is uh, a lot of interest in, in, in and also a public uh, pressure to to go for it. And this and the fact that regulatory framework in emerging markets is still catching up, which creates yet another risk. Hacker that will explore vulnerabilities in emerging markets as backdoors into bigger markets, as third parties often rely on outsourced services from areas where regulation is not, uh, is not so mature. Um, in Brazil, for example, there is research that showed that 84% of representatives of business sectors stated that they interest in understanding more about this agenda and ESG criteria had increased by 2020. And there was a survey that was done, the evolution of ESG in Brazil by the Brazilian network of the Global Pact in, in April 2021, that 78% of millennial generation and 84% of Generation Z declared to opt for this type of investment. And in the year, so that, that is market. And in the year 2020, the discussion of this issue has, has grown seven times more in relation to the previous year. Hmm. Well, now, Penelope, we're, we're out of time for our program conversation today, but there's certainly a, a lot more to learn about cybersecurity across developing and developed markets for our listeners. And if you would, tell them where they can learn more about this on the ImpactVest site where you work and how they can get in touch with you directly regarding the topics that we've been discussing in today's program. Well, I am active in LinkedIn. I like to uh, write also about cybersecurity. And so I, every time I find a topic that is important to share or that is critical, I like to, to write about. So I can, I can be fine, yeah, on, on LinkedIn. I'm not very uh, active on social media. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I definitely, yeah, I am in LinkedIn. Okay, and what about ImpactVest? Where can people get more information about ImpactVest? So for more at www.impactfest.group. Great. Okay, well, thanks very much again, Penelope Bisset, Chief Cybersecurity Expert at ImpactVest. And to our listeners, please join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Sustainable.